This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Imagine at the touch of a button, you could make your home smell fresh and clean instead of lighting a candle, which just covers up all of the odors in your hair, uh, in the air of your house. This is purifying the air in your house. So it's pure when you breathe in. It's not covering up. You don't have to surrender your home to harmful mold, mildew, bacteria, viruses, and all the irritating smells. You get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier that uses Oxy technology. Now, this sends out natural O3 molecules. O3 uh, seek out the odors in the air and pollutants in your home and actually destroys them. You're not masking odors, uh, odors, you're destroying them, eliminating them. And right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home protection. Get three units for under $200. It's an amazing deal right now. Under $200, three units. All you have to do is go to Eden Pure. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right. I mean, we have the smoking gun. We, I think, have the chalk uh, outline of the body. We have the body. We have the motive. We have the opportunity. What is missing here with the Hunter Biden stuff? Um, now we hear that President Biden's family may have accepted in excess of $40 million from foreign nationals in exchange for favorable policy decisions. Is it true? I don't know. Hunter Biden is going under oath today. What questions should be asked? What do we really know and how does it how does this look for the president and his son? We thought we would talk to Professor Alan Dershowitz in 60 seconds. If you like meat, beef, chicken, seafood, uh, and you you don't want it to cost more and more and more at the grocery store, don't make trips to the grocery store. Instead, get your meat from local farmers and ranchers from GoodRanchers.com. Good Ranchers has the best top quality meat. Uh, that comes from all of the ranchers here in America who are honestly struggling right now. They're being put out of business, in my opinion, by the slaughterhouses and, and also the federal government. So we need to go right directly to them and help them. GoodRanchers.com, promo code BECK. You'll get a uh, box of whatever it is you're ordering to fit your budget. You just order the box. You get $30 off if you use the promo code BECK, and then they lock in that price. So... When you buy meat again, month after month, you're not going to pay more. Try to get that at your grocery store. Good Ranchers, top quality beef from America. 
Use the promo code BECK and save $30 off now at GoodRanchers.com. Professor Dershowitz, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, and you? Uh, very good. Alan, I've got one question for you at the end that I, I have to ask you before you go away, because uh, Stu and I were, were asking when we, we hung up, and I, I really want some advice from you on something. Uh, but let's start with Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is testifying on what today? Well, it depends on what they want to ask him. The first question I would ask him is, was President uh, Biden sitting next to you? He wasn't president at the time, but former Vice President Biden sitting next to you when you tweeted to the Chinese businessman saying, my father is sitting next to me, and if you don't pay the money, uh, my father will go after you. Did, did, did your father know about that uh, WhatsApp? Was he sitting next to you? Were you lying? Uh, that's the first question I would ask him. And if you were his attorney, how would you advise him to answer? <laughs> well, I think I would try to take the Fifth Amendment, but he's not going to be able to because his lawyers have said Why? that the plea bargain ends the investigation against him. I'm not sure that's true, though, because the judge has to accept the plea bargain. And if this judge does his or her duty, um, they won't accept the plea bargain. Uh, the judge should say, look, Merrick Garland says he gave Weiss, the U.S. attorney, all the authority to investigate the cases against him in the District of Columbia, in, um, in Los Angeles, etc. Uh, that's what Garland says, says it under oath and says it on television. Now, Weiss has said, apparently, to six people, no, I didn't have that authority. When I tried to investigate him, the U.S. attorney shut me down. Now, was that just a misunderstanding or did somebody not tell the the truth. Uh, those are the kinds of questions that that have to be asked. Um, is Biden going to plead? Now, is Weiss going? So. It, well, is Weiss going under oath too? I would hope so. I would hope that the judge would put the two of them under oath. This could be a massive turning point today, if. If yeah. all of these yeah. people are put under oath and they say under oath what they've already said, at least the whistleblowers, this cracks this case wide open. Well, I wouldn't go that far. They have to prove that what the whistleblowers are saying is true. People lie under oath on both sides, on all sides. So right. what we have right now is probable cause. Uh, we have enough to go forward, enough to investigate, enough to subpoena, enough to if you need a search warrant, get a search warrant. There's enough for all of that. There's not enough to prosecute, to impeach. That needs to turn what is hearsay testimony into actual testimony. In some cases, there may be documentary proof. In other cases, there may be uh, other kinds of unassailable truths or corroboration. The quality of the evidence matters a great deal. The problem that um, you know the Trump team has is that it has provided the evidence that the, the other side needs because Trump talks too much. Um, you know, he made that mm -hmm. statement to the, to the writer and to the publisher, and, and that's on tape, etc. The Bidens have been much more careful, not enough, uh, certainly not Hunter Biden, but uh, President Biden has been fairly careful. He hasn't made any of the kinds of statements that uh, Trump has made that have gotten Trump in trouble. You know, the the famous plaque that some fishermen have in their houses with the stuffed fish that says, I'd still be swimming if I had kept my mouth shut. 
And uh, Trump should have put that in his house because I think he has created most of his own problems. Uh, So but you have Hunter Biden uh, now coming and does the does the judge have to go into all of the new evidence or he He or is it just he should? He should. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. Uh, Neither side uh, wants him to do that. Hunter Biden's thrilled with the plea bargain. No jail time. His lawyers did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Uh, No jail time. Um, not even a, a, a conviction on the issue of the uh, gun license, uh, gun application, just uh, a diversion program. Fantastic deal from their point of view. So they're not going to want to challenge it. And the government agreed, and they're probably not going to challenge it. So what we need is a neutral organization like Judicial Watch going into court and seeking to file an amicus application, amicus friend of the court brief saying, look, we represent the people of the United States. We want to know the truth. Neither party here wants the truth to come out, but we do judge, and we want you to hold this hearing. That's what I would do if I were Judicial Watch. And why haven't they done it yet, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, They should. Maybe they have. Maybe they're thinking about it. But somebody should be intervening in that case and not just to let the plea bargain go by as if there's no public interest here. Judges have the right to deny a plea bargain if the plea bargain is not in the public interest or not in the interest of justice. They rarely do it, but they have the power to do it. Wouldn't this be a case where if unless you were a partisan hack, you would be very tempted to do it because you would see this will just sweep everything under the rug? I agree, but this is a Delaware judge. And Delaware is a small town community with a lot of home cooking. Uh, And uh, it's not the legal system that I put the most faith in among all the legal systems I've been in. I've been in in Delaware in the legal system, and it's it's not. It doesn't have a high standard of justice. So I don't have any complete faith or certainty that this judge will do the right thing. I I hope the judge does. Is this going to be televised? No, uh, generally, shouldn't generally it be? Not. I, of course, everything should be televised. The trial of Donald Trump in New York should be televised. The trial of Donald Trump in Florida should be televised. The hearing that they had just when he pleaded not guilty should have been televised. You know, when you watched the, the left wing media, they described Donald Trump as sitting, slouching, looking defeated. And, and the conservative media described the same scene saying he was bold his chest was out he looked defiant we can't even and the courtroom artist who drew him got criticized for making him look too young and too thin and too handsome and so if you can't even believe the courtroom artist (laughs) everything is so biased and divided in the united states there's no such thing as truth anymore there's one side's version and the other side's version both of which claim to be truth and often neither of them are. So tell me what happens if this judge just decides to take the plea bargain. Is it all over? That's really the end of the case, yeah. I don't think anybody has a standing to appeal it. So that would be the end of the matter. And then the question comes up, what if they come up with new material outside of Delaware? Uh, does the plea bargain cover any alleged crimes that took place outside of Delaware? His lawyers have said no. 
But the law generally says, yes, you can investigate. Jeffrey Epstein had that. Remember, he made a plea bargain. I was part of it in Florida. And we thought the plea bargain ended the whole case. And then, of course, they arrested him in Teterboro Airport and the rest we know. So uh, the law is very uncertain. And it sometimes depends on the exact words of the plea bargain. So if you're making a plea, if I'm, you know, the president's um, people yeah. and and uh, and uh, Hunter's people, I'm pushing this plea bargain and I'm trying to find sure. a, a judge that will hear it that is most likely just to close it. So what are you expecting well, today? The the ju- Well, I don't think we get that today. I think we get that in a few weeks. Today, I think we hear questions and um, I don't know the exact scope of what the questions can be. But, you know, Congress has plenary authority, just unlimited authority as part of our system as checks and balances to question anybody about anything involving the judiciary or the executive branch. And so if you have congressional hearings in front of the Judiciary Committee controlled by the Republicans today, they can ask him all these questions and he can't refuse to submit to a subpoena. He can try to plead the fifth, but then they can give him immunity. Even if he pleads the fifth, they can give him what's called use immunity. You got to testify. And what you tell us can't be used against you, but it can be used against other people. And then ask him questions about his father, about family members, and try to see whether there's any truth to these very, very serious claims of enrichment. But we have to find out whether it's true. So, but that's not double jeopardy? No, it's not double jeopardy. And, uh, uh, it depends on the nature of the of the plea bargain. Look, in, in my book, which you've talked about before, Get Trump, I go through how extensive this basic conspiracy has been to try to do everything possible to determine the outcome of the next election by preventing Donald Trump from running for re-election. And in my book, Get Trump, I go through every one of the charges against him you know, in New York and Florida and Georgia and in Washington, D.C. And I also uh, talk about the cases against the Bidens. And the question that's raised in my book, Get Trump, is there a single standard of justice or is there a special standard that seems to operate against Donald Trump and perhaps in favor of the Biden family? That's the hard question that every American should be asking. We should know the questions uh, today. Anything in particular we should look for to be able to see which way the judge might be leaning? I don't like to ever read tea leaves. Let's find out. Let's see. And we'll we'll know the answer. But I've been doing this too long to try to predict what judges will do. Okay. So, um, Alan, the one thing that I, I was talking to my producer when you were on the last, I said, yeah. If I were ever in trouble, uh, the first guy I would call is Alan Dershowitz. Um, because okay. Don't get in trouble. I don't like to get I know, God forbid. From friends, yeah. I know, God forbid. But we're entering a time where people like me could be charged with anything um, oh, yeah. because we're, you know, <laughs> we're Look, just already, entering those I've times. Already, I've already been charged. Uh, uh, there's an organization called the 65 Project, which announced that it was going to seek bar discipline against any lawyer who had anything to do with Donald Trump. And so I announced in an op-ed, if they do that, I will defend free any lawyer 
who is attacked by Project 65 simply for defending Trump. So what do you think they did? They filed the bar charge against me. Because I defended Donald Trump as well. And so now I have to spend money and time uh, trying to uh, respond to an absurd uh, bar charge, but I have to spend the time and energy. And that's their goal. Their goal is to deter people from um, uh, defending, defending people, people who they don't like. So what I wanted to know, Alan, is, you know, hopefully this is a long, 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 long time uh, from now that if I ran into trouble, who is yeah. it that you trust? Who is it that you say this person is actually honorable and will be John Adams? Well, that's the hard question today. There are fewer and fewer people. That's sad who are John Adams, who are willing to incur the wrath of the community around them the way I've incurred the wrath of Martha's Vineyard community and other communities that I was part of, the liberal Democrat community who won't talk to me anymore or won't allow me to speak. That's hard. There are still a few, a few left. And, uh, um, you know, I could give you a list of names, but I don't want to leave people off the, off the list. But I would say there are a, a handful of lawyers today that you can really trust to do justice without regard to partisan wow. considerations. And that's too few. That is, that is terrifying. Uh, yeah. Alan, I would like to get that list from you off air, but thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> Professor Alan Dershowitz back in just a minute. Summer is in full swing and that means your air conditioning bill is going to go up and you're going to put steaks on the grill and, you want to sit there and listen to them sizzle as you can, opening up your new custom motorized shades outside from Blinds.com. Right now, you can save 40% site-wide plus doorbuster deals during Blinds.com's spectacular 4th of July sale. Your home is going to look a lot better once you've got new window treatments from Blinds.com. Blinds.com is the easiest way to make your windows look great, and they have everything in window treatments you could possibly ever want, from classic shutters to outdoor shades, uh, a whole lot more. Blinds.com. They have covered over 25 million windows and counting, so you can rest easy with their 100% satisfaction guarantee. No guesswork, no hassle, no multiple trips to the store, multiple visits to your house. It's just a great window covering, and they can help you save money. Happening now through July 5th, they save 40% site-wide, and doorbusters get 40% off at blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds, station ID. Coming up in a few minutes, uh, we're going to talk to you about uh, the the change in your travel that is coming. Stu. We tried to uh, save uh, Alan Dershowitz before he uh, we he was cut off there at the end uh, because we did get a big ruling from the Supreme Court while he was on the phone. This is on the uh, uh, dis- okay. this is the Harvard and UNC uh, racial affirmative action case um, that was brought. Uh, mm. It was two separate cases brought. And uh, I'll give you a quick uh, summary. Wait, 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 wait. Can you just give me? Can you just give me a second just to feel good? Like I, I'm hoping that it's going to go. Sure. Just, All right. Would you let me know when you're, when you're done? We live in that happy place for just a second. Okay. You know, it's like, you know, I hope they, I, I just wish, I wish they would just call and just tell me if it's cancer or not. And then you get the cancer call and you're like, oh, I wish they would have waited a little longer. I had that hope period. 
Glenn, congratulations. You're mostly cancer-free. A 6-3 decision oh. here, uh, and, a, and a good one, I think, at least by my first reading. It's pretty long, but give me give you this quick outline. The Harvard and UNC admissions programs cannot be reconciled with the guarantees of the Equal Protection Clause. Both programs lack sufficiently focused and measurable objectives warranting the use of race, unavoidably employ race in a negative manner, involve racial stereotyping, and lack meaningful endpoints. We have never permitted admissions programs to work in that way, and we will not do so today. The student must be treated based on his or her experiences as an individual, not on the basis of race. Many universities for too long have done just the opposite, and in doing so, they have concluded wrongly that the touchstone of an individual's identity is not challenges bested, skills built, or lessons learned, but the color of their skin. Our constitutional history does not tolerate that choice. That is unbelievable. That is a huge, huge win, not just for Asian Americans, but all Americans. Yeah. That is fantastic. And that was from Roberts, by the way. Any downside? The only downside, again, it's, uh, you know, uh, 237 pages. I've not read all of it yet. Um, The only downside that I read is they give what I think uh, a way to be manipulative here by these universities, which is they basically say like, look, if someone um, let's say, you know, Tim Scott has talked about his story where he's overcome all sorts of prejudice in his life and was able to rise above it. And they say universities can take that into account. If someone has real challenges when it comes to racial uh, discrimination in their past, they've overcome that. That's something that they can consider. And I, I think we'd all agree that is something you should definitely consider in someone's history. I do wonder if universities will just essentially, you know, people will learn how to write these essays in a way that makes it seem sure. as if uh, this is going on. And that's the way they wind up enforcing or utilizing uh, these racial quotas anyway. We'll have to see if this gets manipulated. There'll be a lot of legal uh, efforts to shake that all of that out. But overall, yeah, especially it's a good ruling, I think. Especially since, you know, Asians, they will claim that Asians don't have to overcome anything because they grow up in a family that encourages all of this stuff and supports them. So what hurdles do they have to to make? Yeah, there's 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 wiggle room for them to still manipulate this stuff. But I will say it's going to be more difficult. There will be legal challenges when they do it. Um, It does not. Uh, it does not set them up well, at least on a widespread uh, manner, to be able to just implement, hey, we need this many of this color. Something that is, I think, obviously against the Constitution and against what the country stands for, and the Supreme Court agrees. Well, we've been asking you to travel to St. George um, uh, this week and next week to come uh, enjoy Independence Day with our Blueprints of Liberty Museum. But how long can you travel? next the world of business has gotten harder and harder to exist in especially for people of integrity everywhere you look companies are being bullied into thinking wokeism is the only way and where the left's bullying leaves off the support of esg scores will and in fact take over you uh, you need to treasure the few businesses that still stand for the values that you believe in and they're standing fast one of those is patriot mobile Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offering dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you get the possible uh, best possible service in your area without all of the woke politics. They can put you on 
any one of the three towers that you have. So you're going to get the great coverage that you want right now. You're going to pay less. You're not going to be, you know, sending money to woke ideas. If you're with Verizon, you're sending money uh, every month to uh, Planned Parenthood. Go to patriotmobile.com slash back. Be with the people who think like you. 878-PATRIOT. Save money. Get free activation today. 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash back. And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks. is the Glenn Beck program live uh, from St. George, Utah. Michael O'Fallon is in uh, with me. He is um, the head of Sovereign Alliance and Sovereign Nations. Sovereign Nations is a think tank and Sovereign Alliance is kind of a a large travel uh, guide agency where they take large groups around. They, in full disclosure, are the ones that took me and my family around and gave me an unbelievable education uh, over in Scotland and uh, England. Michael, how are you? I'm great, Glenn. Thank Good. you for having me. So I wanted to have you on today because uh, we've been talking about um, the things that are happening with travel mm-hmm. and people. This is the next step in the Great Reset where we are choking off energy. We are moving to electric cars, but people don't understand that we are also choking off air travel and the idea is that we will not be traveling and being tourists in the near future right and that sounds crazy doesn't it yeah and i think for people that people that are just looking at life normally right now would say well i don't really see that happening but you really need to see that it's been happening it's happening gradualistically just like with everything it's dripping it's slow slowly becoming to where it needs to go in order to basically change your conception of travel. So along with the fact that you're basically paring down the travel industry, uh, this all started, of course, in 2020. It was an essential part of the Great Reset. Everything, everywhere, all at once. And so with travel, you start to move to a point where by the time we get to 2030, where you have absolute restrictions on air travel because of the fact that environmentally we have to meet our 2030 goals. You're going to have restrictions on the cruise industry. And people say, well, I just don't see that happening. It's like you already experienced it in 2020 and 2021. What do you think they did with the vaccinations? None of that was working anyway, but they still kept their vaccination policies in place to make sure that you have people that are in a favored status and those that are in a non-favored status. So we've already accepted that. We've already played by those sorts of rules, but now it's going to be fully implemented in terms of ESG metrics. So you would think that there's so much money involved in the tourist industry and in the cruise lines and everything else that they would never do that. Well, they were basically being forced to, if you had been to any of the larger travel um, conventions and exhibitors and so forth, what you've seen over the past several years is basically we've been lectured to. I was at uh, at IMAX in 2019 in Las Vegas, massive travel and tour convention. And the thing that was pressed upon everybody there is that you must be in step, step with the 17 sustainability development goals of the United Nations. And actually they had two folks from the United Nations there to tell us all of this. 
And so we went through all 17, you know, different sustainable development goals. We were explained how this is something if you want to participate in the travel industry, you must get in line with. So on the provider side, as well as the agent side, if you want to continue to sell travel, if you want to continue to be involved in travel and tours or conventions and events, you must be in line with these new ESG metrics that are coming in. So what does that change? How does that change the travel industry? Well, I mean, what, what happens is that the travel industry, basically, just like every other industry, how you've seen the automotive industry mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. it's not by mistake that every single car manufacturer is going electric. You know, and mainly it's because of the fact that you have massive investment by folks like BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, et cetera, mm-hmm. who've come in and they've come into almost every single sector of travel mm-hmm. and said, here's the change that we're going to have. Same thing them coming into the, to the petroleum industry. And they're coming in and saying, here's the change that we must have. We must make it here by 2030. Then you have your 2040 goals and your 2050 goals. And the 20, <clears throat> I can't remember what it was, but by 2050 for sure, it, the charts show zero plane travel zero yeah it, it varies on the, the the different charts that you would see the one i think you're referring to is, is the fires document from cambridge right cambridge uk and they're very aggressive in terms of how they want to do this others are a little bit fungible on that because the fact is is that there still needs to be travel but not for all of us only sure. for a very elite few right and they're closing they're working on closing all other airports in england Right. Except for Heathrow and Glasgow or the fires UK document would basically state that Heathrow and Glasgow would be the only two airports that are made open and that any kind of intercountry internation um, travel would be done by train. But then those trains as well have to meet net zero targets. They have so, to be all electric. Correct. So you know, we have to all start moving towards this point or else you don't have the opportunity to travel. Did you see the, I think it was in vanity fair, um, the uh, magazine where even the people who make the cartoons that you don't understand, they don't understand. Um, But it, it was all about uh, how, you know, you're kind of um, you're gauche. Now, if you think you should travel, having people say, Oh, I was just in Paris is a sign of ignorance, something I've never seen before. They're already starting to lay the ground that travel is something that you don't want to do. Well, exactly. I mean, it's, it's the fashionable thing right now <laughs> to say, oh, I hate travel, and which means then you can look down on anybody that decides that, hey, I'd like to do a vacation in the UK and learn about some history and see some things and enrich myself and my family and so forth, so forth with history. And they're saying that you can do that through VR. Right. Which I drove yesterday from Las Vegas to St. George. There's no way you could do that through virtual reality or through the metaverse. Correct. That was an amazing car ride up the 15. There is a difference between, like, I wouldn't mind being able to put VR on and go inside one of the pyramids. But it's Mm -hmm. not the same as going and standing at the pyramids. There There is a spirit to places um that you just you won't capture there's a i don't know there's places where you stand and uh i don't know we were at the london school of economics Mm -hmm. and standing there i know what happened there and what is happening there and standing there and just turning around and looking at Mm -hmm. the buildings Mm -hmm. and feeling it is different 
Mm-hmm. You're in the place where the idea of critical consciousness started to be infused into education. And, but then you're seeing all the things as well that are demonstrating what their goals are. And the thing is, is this, I believe that people, because we're being transitioned from a real analog physical world into a digital, hyper real, completely digital you know, world where there, there is nothing that you can really put your hands on. There is nothing that is demonstrably true. So it's all what somebody wants to make true. So if you're in virtual reality, how much of that is real? How much of it is is manipulated by after effects or whatever the case may be. So I think people have a passion to experience the real and not something that is fake. You were talking about an ABBA concert and so forth, which yeah. was amazing. Amazing. It's a, but, the ABBA concert in uh, in London that everything is 3D. Yeah. They are their avatars and you cannot tell the difference. You just can't. I'm looking at David Osmond, who is fills in for his uncle once in a while for Donnie Marie in Vegas. Mm-hmm. They could go on forever, right. and you would never know. It's it's absolute madness. I it, mean, it's the future. It's magic. It is. You know, and sometimes you can't really tell the difference between magic and technology, right? Because it's actually the same thing. So it's amazing. You're going, yes, it's incredible. But there's something I really don't like about this. And tell people about the 15 minute cities. What are those exactly? Well, basically a 15 minute city is a way to be able to control population. Uh, It's a a way to be able to keep people close as you are developing smart cities. So if you want to smart cities sound great, right? Well, a smart city is a way. If you take a look what's happening in China right now, just like when let's say that you boarded an airplane Mm -hmm. and now as opposed to handing your ticket and your ID to somebody to see whether you can then go on to the terminal. Well, now you're putting it down on something that's digital and it reads it and says, okay, now you're open. Well, that's actually happening in China right now with people that are living in cities. Well, you're going to have your, your ID and your QR code that you have to put in front of it. Maybe you can leave and maybe you can't depending on, you know, where your metrics are in terms of how you're obeying the government, whether you're doing the right things, whether you're responsible with your carbon footprint, whatever excuses they want to make to make sure that they can, they can control you. Now you've, if you've obeyed and been a good, you know, citizen of the state, then you can have a little bit more freedom. But the same sort of thing is actually coming to us because this is a move into authoritarianism. This is an autocratic move that's happening right now. And it's purposeful and it's strategic. And so what you have to see is that all of these things, between travel, between education, between your ability just to have freedom of mobility, it's all part of the same thing. The digital passports that they've been talking about for COVID, that's what this is, right? Well, it's part of it. Part of it. Yeah. An essential part. It, it's what you would put down to have those gates of your 15-minute city open up, right? Right. It, that would be part of it. Uh, I believe some of it, like in China, is on WeChat or whatever the, the yeah. app is that they use there. So if people press against you know, the idea of a digital passport for health reasons or for whatever else, then they've always got a plan B. They've got something else that they can work up. Like how Larry Fink is now saying, well, ESG is getting a bad name, so we're going to call it conscientious capitalism or conscientious economics. Just change the name, change the system, but do and implement the same thing. So tell me where people can go to find out about the travel stuff. 
Well, we are not going to be traveling in the future if they get their way. Well, what we're putting together, and it will be up probably within the next few weeks, is we have a website called Truth Travels that will be going up. I'll be doing a lot of things on Sovereign Nations for a while at SovereignNations.com, but um, still putting out information about what is happening right now and where people, it doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Progressive, or Conservative. You want to have the freedom of movement and the freedom of travel to go where you want to go without anybody basically inhibiting your movement. So this is something that we all universally need to make sure that we protect. Travel agents at the top, they know as well. The travel companies that are networking are already going through these, I guess, ESG kind of conferences where they're learning these things, right? That So there's two different aspects to it. Uh, ESG and part of that ESG is the S and social. So there's the diversity, equity, inclusion part of it. And then there is as well the environmental, you know, this kind of earth worship that we're involved in right now. This terra carta, if you will, so kind scary. of guidance. You yeah. taught me about that in England. I had never heard of, I'd heard of the Magna Carta. I had never heard of the terra carta, which has been introduced by King Charles. Uh, and it is the rights of the earth which Correct. seem to usurp the rights of man. It supersedes it. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Um, uh, Michael O'Fallon, thank you so much. We'll thank talk you, again. Uh, Michael O'Fallon from Sovereign Alliance or Sovereign Nations is where you can go to get more information. SovereignNations.com. Back in just a second. Let me ask you a question. Um, where are you right now in terms of your debt? And I'm talking about long-term, difficult-to-get-out-of kind of debt. The the type that credit cards are famous for producing. Interest rates for credit cards tend to be now in the 20% range, which is insane, and they're only going to get higher. Low interest mortgage refi might be the thing that can help you get out from underneath something like that, but you need to be cautious. Um, I want to make sure that you're not burned with a, a loan company or banks. you got to do what is right for you and really think it through. Do your own research. American Financing is there. They are great, saving homeowners an average of about $700 a month right now. Their average, uh, their salary-based mortgage consultants will start with a free, no-obligation savings review. Then they could help you close on a cash-out refi of your home's mortgage, which could help you get a leg up on expensive, high-interest debts like the credit cards. They have custom loans to fit you. Don't worry about your credit they can help you with that as well. American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, if you are coming to our museum, either in Utah or Idaho, uh, thank you so much. Um, I handpicked all of the items in the museum, uh, and uh, I, I'm, I'm doing it because I want to protect American history, and I want to share it uh, while we can. Um, everything you'll see in there has a great story behind them. 
And I want to share those stories. And this is why I paint. I paint to tell these stories. Most people, they get to the end of the tour and they're like, he's a painter? What? I had no idea. But I am. Um, and so many people have expressed interest in the art that is all throughout the um, uh, thing that we're having a special couple of nights, a special event on Friday and Saturday night in St. George around 6 p.m. I will be there sharing all of the stories behind the paintings. And then you'll learn why I chose each subject and the lessons that we should learn from these. It is a special event. Uh, it will be for people who are interested in buying one of the paintings because the money raised from the sales goes directly to buy more paintings for the or more uh, items for the museum so I don't get in trouble with my wife. So please come uh, come by. And if you're interested in buying the art, um, we can curate more museum items. If you're interested and have the means, please email Glenn Beck Art Show at gmail.com that's glenbeckartshow at gmail.com type tickets in the subject line it'll be free give us your contact information and your phone number and email someone from the art sales team will contact you and provide you with more information there will only be a few spaces so one more time the email address is glenbeckartshow at gmail.com include your name phone and email a few states uh, spaces available so act fast it happens tomorrow night and saturday night if you're interested in any of the art pieces, you can see them online at glenbeckart.com. But I will be there tomorrow and Saturday night to show you the stories behind each one. And they are they're really good. And the stories are, uh, are great. So just uh, let us know. It's glenbeckartshow at gmail.com. All right. Back with the third hour in just a minute. 